I'm Carol Coletta, and this is Night Cities. When LeBron James announced he was coming home to Akron, a lot of people trying to lure far-flung homegrown talent back to their cities looked on jealously. But Mary Kramer was way ahead of them. Mary and her firm Cranes Detroit had already staged a homecoming weekend for Detroiters now living in cities across the U.S. and the globe, hoping to bring them back to their birthplace to live, work, and engage in rebuilding Detroit. Mary, why stage a homecoming for Detroit and why now? Well, let me start with the why now. (laughs) Uh, Detroit is still, as we speak today, in bankruptcy court, the largest city in, in the United States to ever have filed for bankruptcy. But we knew as it emerged from bankruptcy, it would need more investment. It has to have more investment to make its plan of adjustment work. So we got together with a group of people to focus on what was an untapped source of potential investment. And that would be people who grew up here, people who went to school here, people who have families here, but are now very successful living and thriving in other parts of the country and literally other parts of the world. So that is the genesis of homecoming. It came from a conversation with an expat himself, Jim Hayes, a retired publisher of Fortune magazine, and Laura Trudeau, who works at the Kresge Foundation, they were musing about what kinds of opportunities might exist for Detroit going forward. And Laura threw out the idea, gosh, if we could just get some of these really successful people to come home. And Jim took the idea, ran with it, came to Cranes, and we created this initiative together. I love this idea. Describe the homecoming. What did you do? What did people do? Well, this this um, initiative, we it, it was a two and a half day event, but we, we really think of it as more broadly than just a two and a half day event. We think of it as a as an ongoing initiative. But what we did was we uh, first identified a, a universe of these successful people and we reached out to them in any way we could. We had people on the ground here, a very illustrious host committee, uh, people like Roger Penske or Dan Gilbert or Mayor Bing or, you know, people of that of that stature, they reached out to people they knew on our A-list. We had college presidents, alumni associations reach out to people. And then we realized that local people know their old classmates. There are a lot of people here who know people they went to school with who were very successful. So we had local people on the ground reaching out to, to those folks to come home. And we invited them to come for a two and a half day experience. We tried to show them realistically what was going on in Detroit in this bankruptcy period that what they read in the national media is far worse than what really is happening on the ground. And what's happening on the ground is an excitement, a vitality, and a reinvention of this city from downtown and midtown extending to the best neighborhoods in Detroit for opportunities to reinvent themselves. You said you had an A-list. How many people were on the A-list? 
we started with a list of about 300 people. And of course, the A-list would include people like Steve Ballmer, you know, from Microsoft, and Dan Doctoroff, who is the CEO of Bloomberg, the, the global business data company, and Eli Broad who is now a philanthropist, but has launched and uh, managed two very successful Fortune 500 companies, one in insurance, one in housing. We didn't get all of our A-list people. There's lots of opportunity to work, to work towards that goal in 2015, but we did get Eli Broad, and we got Dan Doctoroff, to name two. We had sports figures. We had the co-founders of Method, the environmentally savvy and marketing savvy home products company based in San Francisco. Uh, we had lots and lots of A-list people. The, the companies that they represented range, range from McDonald's to eBay to Groupon, the, the co-founder of Groupon, PR companies, law firms, all kinds of people all over the world. How many people showed up? 160 expats, including some of the expats that we we invited to be speakers like Dan Doctoroff and Eli Broad. Now you talk about speakers. What else did you do? Tell me about the two and a half days. Well, we started on Wednesday night by inviting people to come to a building in downtown Detroit known as the David Whitney Building. It was designed by the well-known Chicago architect, Daniel Burnham. The building is still a construction site, but when it's finished in 2015, it will be a beautiful boutique hotel and residential building with retail on the ground level. But we were in the building as a construction site, but it was absolutely drop-dead gorgeous. So we had a, a formal dinner, not black tie, but it was the opening dinner of the two and a half days in that building. They had to walk through the construction site to get inside to see this beautiful marble foyer uh, and atrium that was just eye-popping in, in, in its potential. Uh, we had the governor of the state of Michigan, Rick Snyder, speak that night. We had Dan Doctoroff, who was the deputy mayor of the city of New York, uh, right after 9-11. He spoke on what are the characteristics of a successful city? What did he learn from New York? And what of those lessons could apply to Detroit? It was a fabulous way to start the two and a half days. On the following morning, Mayor Duggan hit the ground running. Mayor Mike Duggan outlined his whole vision for the city of Detroit. And when we looked at the attendee surveys after the event, Mayor Duggan was the, one of the highest rated features of the entire two and a half days. And let me hasten to add that another speaker happened to be Warren Buffett, who is not from Detroit, but was in Detroit for another event and stopped by to talk about why he's bullish on the city and looks at it as a very good investment. So we had two dynamite speakers, the mayor, Warren Buffett, Dan Gilbert talking about what he's doing, Chris Illich uh, talking about the very ambitious plans of his family to reinvent 45 blocks in northern part of downtown for a new hockey arena and year-round entertainment and residential area. But we didn't just go with the big fish. We had 10 people telling their stories. 
including social entrepreneurs, people who are doing urban farming, people who are doing education programs, all different kinds of people in short vignettes telling their own stories about reinventing their part of Detroit. So I think that mix of big speakers and then grassroots on the ground people is really what resonated with our attendees. In the end, when you heard the buzz and you got the feedback from attendees, what was it that most excited them about Detroit? I think there were a couple of things. One is they they were excited to meet the people that they were meeting, not just the speakers, but other people who were attending because we had a few local people attend as well. They liked to feel the energy. There was a vibe in the room and not just in the room, but what they were seeing on their tours. We had immersion tours that people were able to see um, manufacturing in Detroit or real estate or innovation centers, all different kinds of of experiences like that. And they came away feeling that, A, there was a cohesion that they had not felt in the city before. It looked like people, the leadership and grassroots were aligned around making Detroit a successful place to live and work. They felt that energy. They felt that alignment. And I'm not just going anecdotally. That came through again and again in the attendee surveys after the event. What were the things that concern them the most? Well, education is a is a uh, an issue that concerned them. The other thing that, that they wanted to talk about was they wanted to talk about making sure that everything that happened that was good in Detroit didn't just happen downtown and in Midtown, but in the neighborhoods as well. There was a sensitivity to that. But overall, let me give you an example of one of the attendees. Um, this comes from a survey. This is a guy who's an extremely successful CEO, has launched a number of scientific and medical-related companies. He's on the board of uh, UC Irvine in Southern California. And his comment was, Detroit has always held my heart. Now it has filled my soul. And he, I know, uh, has already reengaged in a couple of things in the city of Detroit. He's talking to people here in economic development about possibly moving one of his enterprises to Detroit. That's how powerful this event was. Mary, was your goal in doing this event to get people to reinvest in Detroit? Did you imagine people moving back? Did you imagine them engaging civically, even though they may live elsewhere? I, I'm, I'm wondering about the breadth of what your expectations were. You know, Jim Hayes, who is the the gentleman I mentioned, who's a co-director, he was the, the Fortune magazine publisher. He and I, when we talked about this, we were not really sure exactly what might come of this. We had our own hopes and dreams, of course. I've lived in the city of Detroit since I moved to Cranes to take my job here in 1989. I certainly had my goals of re-engagement and I defined re-engagement broadly. I thought that if we got this level of successful people to come home to Detroit and see it in a different way, in a concentrated period of time, in a high energy environment, at the very least, we would have 160 brand ambassadors who in their own circles, with their own networks, would have a better understanding of what was really going on in Detroit. I knew that would happen. I was hoping that we would also see some philanthropic and some commercial reinvestment. 
Um, and I think we are seeing that. We have kept track of more than 20 different conversations or initiatives or outreach or, you know, contacts that either the economic growth folks here in Detroit at the city's economic development office have had or that other nonprofit organizations have had. We're talking to people like the Detroit Public Schools Foundation, at least two different initiatives, one with George Gervin, the Iceman of NBA fame. He went to Martin Luther King High School in Detroit, but has not really been back in a great way. He and his sister both graduated from the same high school in the city of Detroit. They want to do a golf benefit, a sports star golf benefit next summer to benefit the public schools foundation. Now, that's something that would not have happened otherwise, I think. At the same time, another expat is organizing an expat adjunct faculty to do career development sessions for high school students in the city of Detroit. They're working on a curriculum. They're working with the Public Schools Foundation. And I think this thing will be taking shape for 2015. If another city wanted to do the same thing, what advice would you give them? Well, we, we invested an entire year of planning in this, um, but we also had, it wasn't just two or three people working on it. We um, defined our markets broadly and brought in probably about 40 people on various work groups. And the work groups included expat outreach, the actual program committee, and most importantly, one of the pieces that we created for the expats is a document we called Detroit Prospectus. And we uh, identified and carefully curated about 40 or 50 opportunities for philanthropic or commercial investment. And, and it was sort of a guidebook saying, here are some ideas. If you're interested in getting involved in the city, here are some initiatives already operating that you might want to plug into. That took a lot of time, but I think it was worth the effort. Mary, I applaud your effort, your imagination. I think it's a terrific program. Thanks so much for sharing it with us on Night Cities. Thank you, Carol. Remember, you have until November 14th to submit your ideas for how to make cities more successful at nightcities.org. Knight Foundation has $5 million to award to winners of the Night Cities Challenge. You can follow us on Twitter at hashtag Night Cities and at C. Coletta. Find out first when new conversations are posted by signing up for our newsletter at knightfoundation.org forward slash features forward slash Night Cities. You've been listening to Night Cities. I'm Carol Coletta.